Nobody but the FBI is most unwanted. I've been waiting 23 years to say that. Who the fuck is Noob Noob? <laughs> yeah, Noob Noob. Yeah, he gets it. <laughs> he gets it. Noob Noob. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Thanks, Noob Noob. I was just thinking about Rick and Morty because it's only a few weeks till the new Rick and... Well, it's actually a little over a month, but still, that's only like three or four weeks. So Yeah getting pretty excited about that i can't wait totally (coughs) man speaking of rick and morty there's my rick belch uh okay but we're not here to talk about rick and morty we are here to talk about the x-files because this is the fbi's most unwanted and i'm matt i'm justin and today we are going to talk about season three episode nine titled nisai i looked up how to pronounce that properly because i don't (laughs) speak japanese um but it is uh, directed by David Nutter, and it actually has three writers, three of the big writers on the show, uh, Chris Carter, Frank Spotnitz, and Howard Gordon. And it originally aired November 24th, 1995, and it is a mythology episode, not a Monster of the Week episode. So it's about the aliens. Yeah, and so far, just from what I've seen, is uh seems to be... Like, I don't know, like, definitely at least a two-parter. Yes, it's it's two parts, not a three-part. But, yes, this is the first part of a two-parter. It goes with uh, the next episode, which is 731, uh, which they talk a little bit about in this episode, where that title comes from. Um, the title Nisei uh, was taken from the Japanese meaning of a child born of a Japanese couple outside of Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so some behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, the episode involved some stunt work that David Duchovny performed himself, so all of Mulder's stunts he did himself... Uh, We'll talk about the one at the end of the episode, but I'm like, that's not something I would do. Yeah, screw that. <laughs> yep. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, of course, uh, it, the story was inspired by the Japanese organization from World War II, Unit 731, who were some of the worst people to ever live besides... Uh, the Nazi scientists. In fact, there are actual pictures in this episode of things that Unit 731 did to people, and that's not even the worst stuff they did. <laughs> um, so, also, uh, this episode... Whoops, I lost my place in my notes. Oh, they... A bunch of the scenes were originally meant to be filmed on trains, but Chris Carter said uh, 
we found that we were going to have some trouble shooting with trains. And so they got to the point where they thought they were going to scrap the story entirely. And because it was originally supposed to be a one-parter and they eventually went, okay, this is just too much. We either scrap it or it becomes a two-parter and it became a two-parter, but it got... I feel like with everything that happens in this, that if they tried to condense it into one episode, it just will not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, really funny. Uh, they... Well, actually, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about it ever. I have a, a behind the scenes thing here, but it's we'll talk about it when we talk about the story. But it's something that's worth talking about. So anyway, um, this episode starts in Knoxville, Tennessee, and there's a train going through, and they pull into a train yard, and they unhook one car, and they just leave it there, and then nighttime comes. And a bunch of Japanese people arrive and they go in the car and they do an alien autopsy. They, however, um, maybe don't realize they're being recorded. Maybe they do. Uh, but a strike team storms into the car and shoots all the scientists dead and takes away the alien body in a body bag. And Wait, is this the first, uh, in, well, I don't know it's not because we saw the stupid little kids mm-hmm. as like gr- little gray men earlier, right. but it was like, it was cool to actually like kind of see, uh, again, especially for the mythology, like actually seeing like an alien. Yeah. And you see, they're taking like it's blood out maybe. And it's that green stuff. Um, and everything, a lot of weird intestine crap, a lot of weird intestine crap. But then later, uh, in Mulder's office, Scully comes in and she's like, hey, what are you watching? And he's like, this thing that just arrived in the mail. And she goes, well, that's not your usual viewing material. (laughs) (laughs) Referring back to Mulder's porn addiction (laughs) or whatever. Which is, which is, this this part was just kind of funny because I actually kind of want to know more behind the scenes because like, uh, Mulder's just like uh, uh, fuck. Uh, wow, uh, Scully's just like, well, where did this come from? And Mulder's like, oh, I paid twenty nine ninety five. Purchased it out to, of a magazine. Yeah, to and plus shipping and handling, and it's and it's like, oh, it's the lack of details that makes this interesting. And she's like, yeah, and Scully goes, well, Mulder, that looks even worse than the. Alien Autopsy that they aired on the Fox Network, yeah. which, <laughs> behind the scenes, of course, uh, this originally aired on Fox. They were poking a little fun at themselves. Um, this uh, November 24th, 1995 was the original air date of this episode. Not too much. It, it, here's there the, wasn't too well, many here's things. the thing. In 1995, there was an alien autopsy hoax video made by a dude named Ray Santilli, who was a British video producer. And interestingly enough, Fox (laughs) aired that video the night after this episode of the X-Files. Oh, really? So that was an 
in-joke at themselves. I mean, that was the the writers, I guess, knew that they were going to be... No. Uh, oh, they said... It would have re- to be Oh, excuse me. Hang on. They had aired it before, and then they re-aired it after. I read this wrong. They had aired it... Let me see. What was the original air date of that alien autopsy video? Oh! Oh, my God. The alien autopsy was part of Fact or Fiction, the TV show hosted by Jonathan Frakes. And it originally... <laughs> and the original Alien Autopsy video aired on Fox August 28th, 1995. So, um... Yeah, so they wrote that joke into the script and then Fox was like, ah, hell with it. And they aired that... They re-aired that video the following night. <laughs> So, yeah, Scully's like, there's no way this is real. You know, it looks faker than that alien autopsy video that aired on the Fox network. And Mulder's like, well, that's exactly it. Like, that's what makes it real. You can't even see the body. Like, it it looks like there's an autopsy going on. The reason that other alien thing looked so fake is because they put in too much detail and they got right up in it. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, well, look, this stuff, what do you think that is? And Scully's like, well, that green stuff could just be... Like, whatever, olive snake oil, oil, olive oil. <laughs> and he's like, well, then what about this part? And it gets to the part uh, where the strike team storms in and then turns to static. It doesn't show them murdering the Japanese people. And Scully's like, where did you get this? And he's like, oh, a guy is selling them in Pennsylvania. He says he pulled it off a satellite feed in the middle of the night. So they go to Pennsylvania and they go in the house of the guy that that was selling the tapes. And First of all, them going Mulder, Mulder has the tendency to say lines that I understand what he means, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I don't understand what he means. So they're going around. He's going around the back where there's like the door and it's like Rat Tail Entertainment mm-hmm. or Productions or something. And Scully comes flying back and is like, well, the front door's boarded up. And Mulder just says, well, the back door's, uh, the back door's open and no one let out the rat. And I'm like, what? <laughs> this doesn't make sense. <laughs> I know what you mean, but... Right, it's weird. It's a weird... Yeah. <laughs> it's... So he goes in, they go in the house, and the guy's dead. The, the person that they were there to find... Yeah, hogtied with a pillowcase over his head. Bloody pillowcase, even. Yeah. And there's a, a Japanese man in the house who is running away. He's got a briefcase, and Mulder catches up with him and arrests him. And then they're in at the police station, and Skinner shows up, and he's like, uh, yeah, you've got to let this guy leave because he is a high-ranking diplomat. And uh, another agency is going to deal with this. We can't keep him. And go back to Washington. Like, just stop doing this. Which, Mulder would have lost his job so many times over by now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, and even Skinner's like, what are you guys doing here? Uh, And they're like, oh, we're following up on a... Video piracy. Yeah, Yeah, video piracy. (laughs) Hey, you know what? That 
can't watch it's a true. movie without that warning with the FBI piracy warning. You're telling me that if I watch a movie with that, with that piracy with, that I did at policy, you're saying Scully's going to show up in my place? Ooh. Ooh. I might have to pirate some movies now. I mean... <laughs> Hello, Tenet. I mean... <laughs> uh, I saw a clip of that movie the other day because uh, when I was in the hotel in North Carolina it was on HBO and I'm like well I'm not starting in the middle but this is weird already <laughs> <laughs> I'll end up watching it at some point but I'm in no rush yeah so Mulder and Scully they're leaving and Mulder's like okay so you stay here in Allentown and try to follow up on the dead guy and I have this, a piece of evidence from the crime scene that I happened to forget in the trunk of our rental car. And it's the briefcase, and it is full of picture, satellite photos of boats. And he brings these... Oh, and also in the briefcase is a list of people who are part of MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. And so Scully's going to go find out who this woman Betsy Hagopian is, whose name is circled on this list of MUFON members. And Mulder's going to take the pictures to the lone gunman. And now... Those guys. <laughs> I love them. They're so good. Fucking Frohickey. <laughs> and so they divide up so they kind of have I, I'll do let's do Scully's because I think Scully's okay is, I was gonna especially in terms of what happens later yeah I was gonna say Scully's is probably the one that's easiest to follow up on just because Mulder's gets more in depth so yeah Scully goes off to Betsy Hagopian's house and she gets there and you know she knocks on the door and uh, a woman answers and she's like, hey, are you Betsy Hagopian? And the woman's like, no, wait a minute. I know you. And Scully's like, mm, no, I'm from the FBI. <laughs> and the woman calls over her shoulder and another woman comes to the door and she's like, oh, my God, it's you. It's her. <laughs> and so they invite her in and Scully's like, uh, I think you are mistaken. I, uh, I don't know you. Like, I'm here to see Betsy Hagopian. And they're like, no, no, we, we've seen you before. You were there. Have you had a, uh unexplained incident in your life within the last year? And, of course, Scully has. She was taken last season. She was abducted. And so they call over this everyone in their group and they all come over and Scully is like how come I don't remember you if you remember me and they're like because we've all been taken a lot and we've started getting our memories back and you will probably start to remember things too and Scully does while she's there she remembers what they call the bright white place she remembers um like a tube in her stomach? Yes. There is a, a a thing there that is very important. Did you notice her stomach in that scene? Well, yeah. It's, it looks like she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Just remember that later. 
<laughs> because that would I mean obviously Scully was abducted as a as a means to hide Jillian Anderson's real life um maternity leave but um that comes back later um just it, it was a very quick thing but I when I watched this episode again I went oh yeah they point out that they don't make a big deal of it like she remembers it but I had forgotten that that came up that early. Yeah, it took me a, it took me a moment watching it because like okay, she remembers. Wait, was she pregnant? She wasn't pregnant. Like 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 it took me just a split moment mm-hmm. to remember. Like oh yeah, I'm sure that's gonna come back and be a thing later. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I mentioned it back when she got taken that the fact that she got taken affects literally the rest of the series. So. Anyway, um, and they're like, you're remembering, and Scully's like, I don't think I want to remember all this right now. And they're like, but you have the mark, don't you? And one of them shows her the scar on the back of her neck, and she's like, we all have them. They all have implants that they all carry with them in bottles? That's that's weird. <laughs> Like, it feels like it's a weird initiation thing. Like, if they had a, like, it's like how they met Scully uh, at the door. If they just sit being around someone else, like, wait. And then they pull it out. It's like, oh, no way. And they pull one out. It's like, you too. <laughs> it's like, um, it's like how, uh, sometimes, uh, police officers or people in the military carry challenge coins, which, um, they use for like it, I think a lot of times like a challenge coin can be used like hey you were in this unit or I was in this unit or yeah. whatever and you pull out your challenge coin and you're like you know bro buddies from the military or whatever I don't I don't quite understand exactly what they're for but I know they're a thing and it kind of reminded me of that Okay, so, and then Scully goes with, she, Scully's like, look, I am just here to see Betsy Hagopian. Who are you people? Why are you in Betsy's house? Like, where is Betsy? And then cut to the oncology department of the hospital. Betsy Hagopian is dying of a very aggressive form of cancer that is unresponsive to treatment. And the women are basically like, you don't quite get it, do you? Like, we're all going to end up like Betsy. We're all dying of this cancer because of what they do to us. Yeah. And so that kind of is the end of Scully's portion until she and Mulder. Until they come back together later. Yeah, so... Mulder, meanwhile, goes to see the lone gunman with these satellite images, and I don't know how they, I I assume they don't identify this ship based solely on the picture, but boy, they, they no, make it. They totally did. That's what I thought, and I like, don't. They like are like looking at it really closely, but they literally are like, no, this ship because there's no there's I, like 
the, unless they're they looking have, like, through like a magnifying glass at a yeah. satellite photo, a ninety-five satellite photo of a ship. It's and the same go, deal when when you like in movies when or TV shows when you take a picture online you're like enhance, enhance. It, it's the same deal. It doesn't work like that because even in the, you could not read the name on the ship even with their giant magnifying glass. But they're like, oh, this is the Telapis. You've got to love those German optics on those Japanese satellites built with American technology. <laughs> Oh God! And so, but this is but they're like okay, like it left from San Diego. It's like this salvage vessel, and it went out into the middle of the ocean. But it didn't go back to San Diego. It went around through the Panama Canal and ended up in Newport News, Virginia, which is where there is a naval and coast guard base it's <clears throat> mostly used for i mean it's it's there's the big docking ship docking i don't know what the base it's just it's a it's a naval shipyard that thank you god that <laughs> yeah. was trying yeah. so hard and, to come up with that yeah and i guess the official reports according to american intel or whatever was the ship was supposed to go and was supposed to find like gold and found like gold bullion or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, basically it was, supposed it was just to supposed to be pulling up like s- just sunken stuff out of the yeah. yeah. And so uh, Mulder goes to Virginia and like you said, he gets the official report from the guy at the um, uh, Coast Guard, but he's like, "Well, wait a minute." But the guy at the Coast <laughs> Guard is like, "Well, they fucking Mulder." <laughs> Yeah, because the the Coast Guard guy is like, well, they they didn't actually dock here. Like, the DEA wouldn't let them in uh, because they had been to Panama. So they suspected them of drug smuggling. And Mulder's like, "Uh, so they just turned around and left? Like, they came all the way from San Diego through the Panama Canal. Like, they would have had to stop here at least long enough to refuel (laughs) before leaving again. And the guy's like... Well, I can go check the reports. And Mulder's like, would you please? Like, I, I can wait. Of course, he doesn't wait. He runs out into the shipyard. Which I know, which is just like, it, it's just, there's clearly people who can see him, like, <laughs> running. Like, and it's like, and, oh, that's nothing suspicious about a guy in a trench coat just running around a shipyard. A guy in a suit and a trench coat running by these guys, like, running forklifts and stuff. Yeah, with hard like everyone's wearing a hard hat. It's just like, oh no, that guy's fine. Which explains a lot about. I mean, it's the other guy that is obviously the reason. But yeah, the, the all any of these other guys could have just been like, that guy doesn't belong here. Let's call somebody. So, hey, wait! Like, there's even people that see him when he finds the boat. And he gets on the boat he to look through. Breaks it. into the boat. Yeah, and there's clearly, you can see, like, uh, in the long shot, you can clearly see, like, two, three guys that work there just kind of hanging out. And be like, oh, that guy's just breaking into the boat, guys. He just happens to run. Mulder is the luckiest motherfucker. Like, he just, <laughs> he's just running through this shipyard and happens to find the boat he's looking for. And yeah. he gets on it. But, 
the X-Files version of the Men in Black show up uh, in the X-Files version of Men in Black is just uh, guys in just strike teams in plain black uniforms with no idea. Which again, like I again, it's being super lucky because like they're searching the ship looking for Mulder. Mulder he is just literally happens to avoid them on this tiny of, ass ship, and he's like three feet away from one guy when he jumps <laughs> off the boat into the water. No I, one notices. Not the exact same thing. <laughs> the guy, he's he, he's. On one side of a lifeboat, and there's a soldier on the other side of a lifeboat. That soldier turns around, and Mulder jumps into the water, and that guy doesn't hear the splash. And it was a yeah, it was a loud splash. Like he wasn't even trying. The only way I justified that to myself was there did happen to be a boat horn going off at the same time. Oh, I guess. But yeah, it was pretty silly. Um. And basically, Mulder hides out under a bridge till nighttime. And he comes out of the water and he finds a warehouse with uh, alien spacecraft in it being fumigated by a hazmat team. And Mulder is like, well, that's what they pulled out of the ocean. And so... Mulder goes home to his apartment and in classic X-Files fashion, (laughs) it happens twice in this episode. And I thought of you both times. (laughs) He goes into his apartment (laughs) and it's trashed and Skinner is sitting there in the the dark. dark. (laughs) Doesn't like, he just lets Mulder come in and he goes, Wow, looks like somebody got here before us. And <laughs> Again, why? How do they know this is going to happen? I have so many questions. Well, Skinner does say, well, I figured you'd be home at some point. And it's like, so how long have you been sitting yeah. there? Like, you knew he was going to be home at some point? How long did you plan on sitting here? Because you have to think, because he goes because they find out that he had, like, the whole thing behind oh, yes, the we, Chinese we, diplomat. Yes, we, we skipped over the part where um, the Japanese diplomat, he is killed by an assassin known as, and again, he's not um, identified as such in the show. It, it's a nickname given to him in the, he's called the red-haired man. And he is uh, also one of the X-Files version of the Men in Black. Yeah. So you got to think. It's like, so Skinner knows all this stuff now, but he needs to know where the tr- the suitcase is, and he assumes Mulder has mm-hmm. it. So, the, the, like, I don't, we don't know how long he's been in Virginia. He went back to talk to the lone gunman. Then he went <coughs> to Virginia for the boat stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Mulder, I mean, Skinner would know this stuff by now. So... It had to be, like, a, at least a couple, like, did he just sit there the entire time he's <laughs> hoping it'll show up? Well, and he automatically assumes that, well, there's a lot of assuming going on here because they, yeah. the the Japanese believe that uh, Sakurai, uh, Sakurai, Sakurai, the diplomat, I my Japanese is not good, um, 
believe that the diplomat was killed over the contents of this briefcase and he automatically rightfully so but he does assume Mulder has it he doesn't know Mulder like he he he, right. he has no way of knowing that Mulder that... even saw this briefcase but then again it is Mulder we're talking about I think Skinner is within his rights to assume Mulder has it and Mulder's like ah, ah, I don't have it Agent Scully has it and he's like well where is Agent Scully and he's like I, I don't know I haven't talked to her and Skinner basically he doesn't he basically just throws up his hands. He's like, Mulder, yeah. this is now literally an international incident between our country and Japan. It's not even about the FBI or anything anymore. This is serious shit. I'm not helping you anymore. You better have somebody else that can help you because I do not want to get involved in this. <laughs> and he walks out. And so Mulder goes to meet Senator Richard Matheson, which is a name that always makes me laugh because he is named after horror author Richard Matheson. <laughs> like, um, and Matheson gives him the details. Uh, he's like, hey, um, so here's these Japanese people that were killed. And Mulder's like, Oh, so that's what happened when the strike team came in. They were doing an alien autopsy, weren't they? And Matheson's like, I don't know. I just know that these Japanese scientists, they were killed. And Mulder goes back to his office. And Scully comes in and she tells him all about her meeting with the MUFON ladies. And shows him her chip and you know, thinks that maybe she's dying and Mulder to his credit goes, Whoa, Whoa, Scully. Like, we don't even know what this is. Like, don't freak out that maybe you're dying until you find out what this is. Yeah. To his credit. I mean, but literally to his credit, his first reaction could have been, Oh my God, this is alien piece of technology. Of course it's killing you. He's he, yeah. He's, above, and then he like pulls up a photo of uh, the, doctor the the japanese doctors that were killed that were mm -hmm. from like the 60s and like these were a bunch of like uh scientists these were all the scientists that were killed they were also yeah. part of unit 731 that did a whole bunch of horrible human experiments during world war ii just like um and again just like victor klemper who was a, a nazi scientist that we met earlier these scientists from unit 731 one of the worst things the united states ever did yeah were recruited by the u.s government to go hey you're super smart never mind that you tortured and killed all those people come work over here we got stuff for you to do yes and in the context of the real world that's horrible in the context of the x-files they're like come over here we need you to create an alien human hybrid yeah um and scully looks down at the picture and she's like i know this man and he, she points at uh one of them and Mulder's like well that's dr shirozama uh no, not Shirozama, excuse me. Uh, which one was... Oh, goodness. Now I can't remember which one it 
is uh it's like the older one like the older yes, Japanese but gentleman the, yes uh Takio Ishimaru I think is that sounds about right yes cuz there's two two scientists um I think it's that one that's anyway i'm confused and she Mulder's like well yeah unless you were in japan like in the early 50s you've never seen him before he died in 1965 and scully's like boy i swear i know him and so Mulder leaves again because he gets this information about the u.s government's secret train network and that there's a uh a car that got got left in west virginia and it is one of the government cars and he's gonna go spy on it and when he gets to the train yard he again horrible spy because he (laughs) again he's like yeah like 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 pressing against like he sees a bunch of cars and he's not like leaning or anything he's just standing there and then he like hugs a wall even a little bit looked his direction they would have seen him yeah (laughs) (laughs) and he sees a bunch of japanese scientists get out of these cars and uh load and alien human what looks to be an alien human hybrid onto the train car and meanwhile back in their office scully is re-watching Mulder's alien autopsy video over and over again and she sees dr ishimaru alive on the tape however it's not actually dr ishimaru which uh I think I'm getting ahead. I think we find that out in the next episode. You're getting ahead, but because although, like, I haven't jumped ahead yet, but all this was was she saw his face mm-hmm. on, on the tape, and then she had the flashback of when she was taken mm-hmm. and saw his face, and he was one of the ones that looked over her. Yep. Yeah. Um. So also, there's so Mulder. He he can't get on the train. And he goes to the, he's like, it's going to, it's going to be hooked up to a uh, uh, Canadian other place, passenger a Canadian, train and it's yeah. going to go to Vancouver. And he goes to the train station. He misses it. Meanwhile, at the train station, the red haired man kills another dude. Uh, the apparent bodyguard of the man that looks exactly like Dr. Ishimaru. Um, And the red haired man follows him onto the train. And so Mulder, he missed the train again. And so he goes and he's like, following it and scully goes back to her apartment and in the second time this episode she goes to open her door and just standing in the hallway of her apartment building at random is x (laughs) just standing i have to i i seriously have to like write a bit or do a bit of just like what these guys do while they're waiting for whoever to show up 
I mean, he didn't even have anywhere to hide. It's the hallway of an apartment building. <laughs> yeah, it's literally like, and there's like, a I don't big even know window behind him. There's a right, like I don't even know how she didn't see him when she walked in. <laughs> it's so weird. And X is like, you can't let him get on that train, Agent Scully, and she's like what he's like he's tracking that train you can't let him get on it if you know what i mean like time's running out and so she calls him on his cell phone and he's like nope gotta get on this train and he runs onto this little bridge and as the train goes under the bridge Mulder just dives off the bridge lands on top of the train which is apparently a, a stunt that David Duchovny did himself, which I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> and that's where the mad props to him. I would never do anything like that. Yep. And the episode ends with Mulder just train riding away on the roof of a train until next. Not only is he train riding, but he, but he doesn't even like, I don't know if he lost his phone, he did. It flew, it, but he still has that honking phone in one hand when he jumps. Right. But no, you do see it slide away. It slides off the edge. Okay. Well, Scully's still trying to talk to him. Okay, cool. Yeah. And that's another one of those things I see in movies and I'm like, ah, how are they on top of there without falling off? Like trains, they don't go fast, like super fast, but they don't go slow either. They go a decent speed that standing up on top of one is probably not easy. <laughs> we'll ask Tom Cruise. He did it for one of his Mission Impossible films. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But he's also insane. Oh, do you want a, another behind-the-scenes fact? Because you brought up something earlier that I forgot to... Yes. Because uh, we were talking about the the dead alien on the autopsy table, played by an yeah. 11-year-old boy. Really? Yep. And the boy's twin sister was used to play the alien that they loaded onto the train car. Huh. They just got... Uh, they had makeup put on them, including oversized dark contact lenses to create the effect of the alien eyes. Ugh. Overs- ugh oversized contact lenses freak me the hell out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, just using children to play the aliens. They at least didn't look like children playing aliens in this episode. <laughs> this time around, yeah. This time yeah. around, they did not look like children with big rubber masks on. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture right now of the alien on the autopsy table. I would have bet money it was just a like prop. I would probably. I would not have bet it was a child. Yeah, I thought it was like they just got like a prop head, kind of like a makeup on a prop head, and then there was like, "Good, we're done." Mm -hmm. Yep. That's kind of taking the extra mile there. I mean, good on them. Totally. All right. And and that was Nisai. That was that episode. So what do you think of that one? I liked it. The the more the mythology episodes happen, the more I'm digging it. Mm -hmm. However, the, my whole, my, my whole gripe is still the whole is Duchovny just being able to pretty much be just 
anywhere and no one can stop him no matter what. No one sees him. No one can touch him. It was really egregious in this episode. The way he just kind it's of a, ran out into places he didn't belong. Yeah, and no one stops him. And people just stare at him like, yeah, that's totally normal. <laughs> yeah. But overall, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I can't wait to watch the next one and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. I give this I give this an A. Yeah. Alright. Um Let's see. I I like this one. I can see some of the the part where they were having trouble when I mentioned that this was originally supposed to be a one episoder that got bloated into a two episoder, it has a lot going on in it. Yeah. Um, and it, it's sort of one of the things with two parters for me when I watch them one at a time is at least these days, I imagine back in 1995, I would have felt different. Uh, because I would have gotten the cliffhanger feeling, which I suppose is is kind of what you got out of it, having seen it for the first time. When I watch it now, I just feel like I can't just watch this episode because it feels unresolved to me. Right, yeah. So I got to give this one like a B. I think coupled with the next, like if if we were discussing them as a... It, both at once, it, probably the two of them together would get a higher score. But this one alone gets a B from me. Cool, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's what's interesting about this one is I complain a lot, especially with newer shows, uh, because it definitely it, it did feel bloated with information. Mm-hmm. But in this particular, but and most of the time I'm just like, wow, they threw a lot at you and nothing came about. Mm-hmm. But in this case. Like, I could still follow along pretty easily. Sure. And I was like, okay, you know, this makes sense. Sh- Let's keep going. Sure. It's got a lot in it. It's not like a... Ooh, I'll give an example because I actually thought of this show today. This is not like watching an episode of Lovecraft Country. <laughs> yeah. Which is a show I still... Uh, I thought of it today. I was like... I liked the quality of it and I think it had too much going on for its own good because I don't feel like that show properly resolved the story it was trying to tell. No, I totally did And I don't think any of the episodes alone even resolved themselves. Like, at the end of every episode of that show, I was like, that was interesting, but what happened? And Yeah. So... This isn't quite that bad. Like, I get your point. Like, this is much easier to follow in terms of that. So I get that. Yeah. Okay. Well, the next episode is 731. It is the conclusion of this two-parter. And that's everybody's homework. Woo! Yeah. So we will uh, catch you later, everybody. Later.
The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. Thanks.